Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. Awesome. How great is that? Come on. I love those stories. It's absolutely amazing. Well, hey, we're just so honored uh, just to be here with you guys today and, um, and just really diving into week, I think, three or four, week four, yeah, of uh, For the Win. And um, it's all about, like, how are we actually winning in relationships? We all have relationships. We all have friendships. We all have dating relationships. Some of you guys want to have a dating relationship. Um, some of you guys want to be married. Some of you guys are married in here today. And so I just get the honor to teach with my wife. This is the very first time we've ever done this. And so come on. Um, so we... We're super excited just to be here with you guys today. Ashley, um, tell everybody a little bit just about our story and uh, um, in just a, a, a brief little minute there. Come on. Yeah, so we've been married almost 13 years. It'll be 13 years in June. Um, we actually met at a Christian sports camp. Josh was the camp pastor, and I was the chaperone with a group of kids from actually First Baptist Nashville. And um, our first date was at the Olive Garden on Bell Road. And we haven't been back since. Um, no, I'm just kidding. And, um, but, yeah, so we've been in ministry pretty much all of that time we've been together. Um, we have three kids, and, um, and, yeah, we've moved around a bunch, but... Yeah, and life has just been an absolute adventure. Uh, it's a roller coaster. Marriage is so amazing. Um, but we just wanted to come today and go, okay, let's share, like, three wins with people um, that we feel like, okay, hey, over the last 13 years, we've been together for almost 16, um, over, uh, the, the, so over those years, what are some ways that we've really felt like, hey, these are like three great wins from our marriage that we feel like we could share with you guys, um, and then also three challenges too, because I'm here to tell you, you know, if you know us, we are not at all perfect. If you're looking for perfect pastors and perfect pastor's wife and, and, and perfect pastor couple, then please go to another church, but you're going to be disappointed there too because you're not going to find them, okay? Um, because it doesn't exist, because we are all sinners, um, and, and, and we are all in need of mercy and God's love and grace. And so that's what we wanted to do today. We wanted to have a little fun with you guys. Um, and really, so we're going to put like six minutes on the clock, and we're going to share like some wins, and then we're going to share some challenges. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out something to take some notes on. I want you to get out something to learn from, because how many people know that if you'll lean in to what God has for you at church, you'll get way more out of that experience, right? Some people aren't getting getting stuff out of church because they don't lean in. They just come and they relax. They're like, yeah, man, that was great, I guess. I went to church, check it off my list. No, lean into it and see what God can do. And so let's just pray over this time. God, we just thank you so much just for this time. And, Lord, we pray that some relationships would be built. We pray that future relationships would be built. Lord, we pray that through sharing some of these wins and through sharing some of these struggles and challenges that we've had in our own relationship over the last 16 years, God, that people would walk away here encouraged and hopeful today for their own relationships, whether that's a marriage, a friendship, or, or whatever that looks like, God. And, God, we just thank you for who you are. I thank you for Ashley. Thank you for the gift that she is to me. And God, I just pray that you would continue just to strengthen our marriage in you. And Lord, I pray that you would strengthen other marriages and future relationships today in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's start with a win, right? Because, you know, I feel like, you know, that's how we got to get started. You know, you want to get on base, right? Come on. And so let's, let's start with a win. And one of the first wins that I really feel like that we've had over the years is just this term commitment. All right. If you're going to win in relationships, if you're going to win in a marriage, um, then that's the number one word that you have to get for your relationship is commitment. If you do premarital counseling with me, the very first thing that I'm going to look at you and say is this is a commitment. Right. Because commitment gets you through all the highs and all of 
the lows. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, let's put that on the screen here. It says, this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, committed to his wife, emotionally, physically, spiritually, sexually. Come on, somebody. Um, Joined to his wife, and the two are united in two, two. Okay? So it is a lifelong, forever commitment. And so for us, Ashley and I, we just decided going into this thing, we are going to have a no matter what mentality. Right, babe? Yeah. I just want to say, I feel like Kelly Rip up here right now with my little coffee mug and my note cards. Anybody watch the notes? Um, and um, no, we, we have kind of like a no matter what. We came into this marriage as like divorce wasn't on the table. And I think most people do. You know, no, nobody enters a marriage preparing to leave it at some point. But I think for us, um, it was just, we had that mindset of, okay, you know, just no, no matter what. We're yeah, my parents were it. divorced and I was like, there's no way that I want to go down that road with my kids. Um, just that alone is such a big reason to not get a divorce and to have a no matter what mentality. Yeah, and so, I mean, uh, we were just talking about it, and I was like, I don't think, I think we have this misconception that some marriages just kind of coast through and are on a high all the time, and, you know, it never gets bad. I, I don't really believe that. I believe if you've been in a marriage long enough, you've hit the breaking point. Yeah, that's I think, called Instagram, not reality. <laughs> yeah. I think that, you know, the difference is not that you don't hit the breaking point, is that you have committed to work through those breaking points. And it's when you work through those that you really begin to see the fruit. You know, it's when you kind of push through those with each other, those low spots where you're both really vulnerable, that God really starts to use your marriage and, and use you. Yeah, we have a we're going to get through this. Okay, so we had a we're going to get through this when after our second child and then after our third child, Ashley had some postpartum depression. And we had to, like, really battle through that. And that was the first time I've seen my wife going, like, like what happened to my wife? Like, where is she? Where did she go? I don't know what happened. And, and we had to get some counseling. And we had to, um, uh, you know, get some medication and, and those types of things. And, um, and God used that time to even strengthen our marriage because we said we are going to get through this no matter what, right? Because it's commitment over circumstance. Well, let me say that again. If you're getting married, you want to get married, you are married, it's commitment over circumstance. And it's a commitment not just to stay, but it's a commitment to grow. Because you can stay in your circumstances and let your circumstances determine, you know, your marriage. Or you can commit to grow through those circumstances. And sometimes that's really hard. But um, I think, you know, we've seen where it's, it's been worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Because to us, marriage isn't a contract. Right? Like, like, like so many people, sometimes you go into a marriage and you think it's a contract. And here's what I mean by that. Like a contract is for a limited period of time sometimes. So I'm going to sign a contract to lease this car and it's going to be for a limited period of time. And some of us go into marriage saying till death do us part. But in reality, when the stuff hits the fan... Then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, well, we can get out of this. Because, I mean, you know, we can break a contract. I mean, it's going to have some consequences, but it's just a contract. No, that's not what we believe marriage is. It's not a contract. It is a forever commitment, yeah. right? And a contract is built on terms. I mean, that's what a contract is. If you do, one party does this, then I'll do this. If you do this, then I'll do this. Um, and that's, that's – we have – acted that way in our marriage before, and I'm sure you guys have in relationships, but that's when it gets kind of really icky and, like, a lot yeah, of tension. that's when fights break out, And I'm all like, well, things. you need to do this because I did this, and, um, and then we have to go, wait, time out. That's not, that's not what this is about. This isn't, like, a tit-for-tat kind of thing. Like, you do this, I do this kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why I think the very first thing that you have just got to get is this is a forever agreement. Okay? This is a forever agreement. And unless there is some abuse going on in your relationship, physically, um, even emotional, even like spoken abuse over you, and I believe that God can even redeem that. 
unless there is adultery that's going on, there are some biblical terms for you to be able to go, okay, there's just going to be a separation here. But I do believe that even in those times that God can redeem that. And we've seen people walk through some of those things and their marriage is stronger now, their family's stronger now, all those things because forgiveness comes into place there. And I just want to encourage you, though, to have a forever commitment with your marriage to go, we are going to get through this. We're going to work it out. We may be mad at each other for a little while. We may not even want to talk to each other for a little while. We may not even understand each other for a little while. But the bottom line is we are going to work this out because we are committed. And that's the first win for us. So now let's get into some like, okay, yeah, you got a win, but what about a challenge type of thing? Okay, well, for us, a big challenge in our marriage is opposites attract, question mark. Like anybody, you remember that Paula Abdul video back in the 80s? Because opposites attract, and you know somebody's like, no. Nobody I mean, remembers No, that come song. on, where's my 80 kids at? They had the cat, the dancing, rapping cat in the video. Y'all need to go YouTube that. It's amazing. Take you back to the 90s and late 80s nostalgia. It'll be amazing. You'll thank me for it later. But Ashley and I are very two different people, right? Like, we're very two different people. We are exactly opposite. Like, if you've ever, ever taken a personality test, like, everything that comes back is like, you're exactly opposite. And that should enhance a marriage. Can I tell you that? I that should actually enhance a relationship because we believe this. You should not marry you. You're already you. So why marry you? I have to call out Ryan because he, has, he, he said it best to us one day. He came up, he goes, I just love how you each have your own style. <laughs> and I'm like, what is, does he mean? Like Josh's style or my style? But anyway, we always joke when we get ready together or something. I'm like, you're, I look like this and you're wearing that. Like we always look totally different. But that's fine, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember a counseling session that we were in, and again, yes, we do go to counseling, and it's amazing, um, and, and we're in there, and the counselor's like, okay, let's imagine this coffee table is the center of your marriage, okay, and, and this is how close to each other you're supposed to be. Now, Ashley, how close are you to Josh? And she takes like two steps away from the coffee table. Now, Josh, how close are you to Ashley? And I get up and walk all the way to the other end of the room. And, 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 and it was one of those things where it's just like, because we're so opposite sometimes, we don't even see things the same way, right? And, and, and that's something you're actually going to have to learn. But at the end of the day, like, like our, our, our differences, I mean, our personality tests, all those things, like we have just decided that we have to learn to learn the person that you're connected to. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in the beginning, I think that is what attracts you to somebody is that difference, is that it brings out something in you that you haven't seen before, you know, in yourself, and that's exciting. But then, you know, as life goes along, those differences become frustrations, like, you know, and even you become disgusted at the other person just because they don't do something the way you do it. And so I have to say to myself. Yeah, like squeezing the toothpaste from the, the middle instead of the bottom. Um, come on, husbands in here. Anybody? Amen. Come on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I've had to say over and over again, it's not wrong. It's just different, you know, uh, so and good. we say that daily because we are so different. Um, so, yeah, so like we're opposite. We're very opposite personality wise. I'm very introverted. Josh is very extroverted. I like it. When I need to de-stress, I want it quiet. And in our house, that's it's impossible. But what Josh does is he puts the music up louder to drown out all the other noises. And that just adds one other noise yeah, to the chaos. Yeah, our kids are screaming around. I'm like, I'm putting on jazz music, and I'm going into my state of solitude right now. And I Mellow come Beat in. Spotify <laughs> playlist. Come on, people. Y'all need that. Mellow Beat Spotify playlist. I'm it's constantly amazing. following him around turning off the music because it's just another noise. So... Um, that's just something like, you know, just something funny, but we, like Josh said, we've had to learn to not only study each other, but really under, try to understand that we see things differently. We perceive things differently. Um, we have different love languages. Like we, you know, it's not wrong. It's just different. And that's not an excuse for us, but that is, when I understand him, I'm a little, I'm able to give him more grace and him the same for me. And I think a lot of, in our early marriage, we were just butting up against each other 
because we just didn't understand that we just didn't see it that way. You know? Yeah, and, and we still do that. There's just times where I'm just like, I'm like, how did you not understand to do this? Like, how do you not understand that when you go on a trip to Florida, and I've been um, uh, here with the kids all weekend, and then you get back to the house, and then I'm like, dude, I want some Ashley time. Come on. You know, the kids are asleep. Let's go. Let's hang. Let's do something together. And then I walk in, and she's asleep on the couch. I'm like, what are you doing? Do you not see me over here? I need some time. I need some quality time. I need physical touch. I need words of affirmation. This is just who I am. Come on. And she's just like. Like what in that? Well, my love language is acts of service, and so I really just need to be left alone most of the time, (laughs) you know. And so that comes into competition a lot, you know. Um, But Josh gets that sometimes, and it means a lot to me when he sees me at kind of, you know, that edge and going, okay, you just take some time. I got the kids. Um, And so I think it it comes with both of us, you know, sacrificing a little bit um, and meeting each other and – And really just learning your spouse. Hey, guys, if you're married and if you want to be married, learn your spouse. Like when you were dating, you're like, oh, I'm going to do everything to find out about this girl. I'm going to do everything to find out about this guy. And then you get married and you don't even give them flowers for the next 10 years. Like what? Learn your spouse. Continue to learn your spouse. Ashley, what's that verse that we really try to apply in our marriage when it comes to this? Yeah, so it's 1 Peter 4, 8. Um, it says, above all, constantly echo God's intense love for one another, for love will be a canopy over a multitude of sins. And so the way we were thinking about it is like when you first meet and you're like in puppy love and you're infatuated with each other, you do not see any of that stuff because you're so in love. That love is covering over everything. And so if you, if you're, um, you know, priority is to love, that's going to that's gonna kind of cover some of that stuff that you're frustrated about. Um, and so that's something we, you know, we try to practice. And it's not that you don't ever have those conversations about, you know, talking through things, but if your goal is love, that kind of, that's kind of enough sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Just it covers a multitude of sins. You know, it's going to cover the multitude of times that you don't understand each other. It's going to cover the multitude of times that you're just like, how do you not even see this? And then just learn your spouse and then realize that they just don't see it the way that you do. It's not bad. It's just different. And that'll help you in that opposites attract way. Well, let's go um, back into another win that I believe that we have, and that is over the years, I think we've learned to develop a team mindset, you know, and and share um, what Philippians chapter 2 says. Okay. I can't see it over there, so. All right, there we go. Um, So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Um, and so even though we are very different, we are very different individuals, I feel like we have done a good job of kind of placing our marriage above us as individuals. And so that doesn't mean we've done all the same things. We've actually had very different kind of trajectories in our marriage and, and individually. I've mostly been in school, like Josh has been in full-time ministry, um, I work full-time now, and so we, we actually don't do a lot of things together, um, but I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, we come together, and we are on the same team, and we've done that throughout our, our marriage, and I think one of the things that I think was good for us is when we first got married, we lived away from everybody we knew, um, and that really kind of bonded us together, um, and we're in it together, and that's, I think, something we've done pretty well. Yeah, and even in times where, like, so we move away from Savannah, Georgia, which was my first full-time youth ministry job, because Ashley, she was in grad school at the time. She's like, I'm going to be a sociologist, and then one day she's like, I would think the best way for me to do this, you know, is to also be a lawyer, so now I want to go to law school, and there wasn't a law school in Savannah, and so I'm like, okay, well, we kind of felt like our time was kind of ending there in Savannah anyway, so we're like, okay, well, where are we going to go next? And she got in at the University of Kentucky. I'm so glad the Vols beat them yesterday, by the way. Come on. Um, and, uh, 
Praise Jesus. Sorry. Um, but um, but she, so we ended up there and, and so that she could pursue her dream and that I could still do full-time ministry. And then right in the middle of law school, God called us to, to go to Florida, to this church. And, and it was like, what in the world? Like, and, and some people would have said, well, hey, that was a, a selfish decision based off of, of, of my job. But no, that was a team decision. Like, we prayed about it. We, we, we would not go anywhere or do anything unless we really felt like, hey, this is going to be the best for us. It's going to be the best for our family. And, and we have to be united because if you're making a decision in marriage where one spouse is going, hey, we're going here, and then another spouse is going, no, we're going here, we're staying here, and then you get there, it's going to be awful. Like, you've got to be completely unified before you step out in faith and chase a God dream. And marriage is not 50-50. That's right. You know, it's just not. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's both of you giving all of you to the marriage, you know. And sometimes that looks like me giving less, and sometimes that looks like him giving less, depending Amen. on the season. But if we're in it together for the marriage, you know, that, you know that's our ultimate goal. And actually, um, we were going to put up a few more verses after Philippians 2.2, because the next verses say, do nothing out of selfish ambition, but in everything with humility. And so I think that's so, so good for, um, you know, a marriage context. We have pursued our dreams, but we've done it, you know, with the support of together. each other and together. And um, Yeah, because you know. here's two things that we say a lot in order for this to be a win, in order to have a team mindset, okay? These are two things that you need to say. The first one is this. We say a lot, hey, we're on the same team here. Literally, like, we'll be right in the middle of a fight or an argument or whatever, or, hey, this is the way we should discipline the kids, or this is what we should do in this thing, and we just have to look at each other and go, hey, time out, Zach Morris, time out, right? Come on. <laughs> we're on the same team. Like, hey, babe, remember, we're on the same team. And then the other thing is this. Ashley and I, we have a mission for our marriage so some of you, you're in a marriage or you're going to get married one day and you have no mission for your marriage. You have a mission statement for your business. You have a mission statement for this church. You have a mission statement for whatever it is, but you don't have a mission statement for your marriage. And so for us, we looked at each other and we said, our mission is going to be to make Jesus known. That's easy, it, it, but it's not. <laughs> so in everything that we do, we want to have a mission to make Jesus know. And so what is your mission for your marriage that will unite you as a team? So every decision that we make financially, every decision that we make if we're going to move somewhere, every decision that we make um, in trying to raise our children, how is this going to help make Jesus known? And when you come into a marriage, it's not you trying to mold in to become the same person, you know, like, because that's boring, right? But it's you as two distinct individuals coming together to create another, like, being almost a union, the marriage. Like, you know, it's not just becoming one person. It's become, it's putting your marriage above who you are as two separate people. So I feel like we've never really had, you know, sacrificed who we were. You know, we just have said now we have a higher purpose in who we are. That's you so know? good. Um, Come on, my wife is smart, guys. Y'all need to write that down. Like, that was good stuff. Give her the mic more often. Come on. <laughs> Let's go back into another challenge today. Um, and I, I feel like one of the challenges that every single couple in here, uh, whether it's a friendship, whether it's with your family, whether, like, this is just relationships in general, not just marriage, but this word called communication. How many people, you're like, dude, I need to learn how to communicate a little better in my work, in my marriage, in my job. The rest of you don't have a hand up. You are a liar. Okay. So um, because we all need that, we all need to work on communication, right? Yeah. And I think communication is challenging in any relationship just because you're bringing two people that are different, that have different priorities, you know, differences in all kinds of ways. And, you, you know, then you, now you're having to communicate on a daily basis not only about just logistics and things but about like your feelings and like everything and for me um, I came in 
I'm more of like an internal processor, which means like if I'm going through something, I'm not talking at all to anybody about it um, until I've kind of hit that point and then you're going to hear all of it, you know. Um, and that's not great. And Josh is a verbal processor. So like I never know what is happening because any idea he has comes out of his mouth. So I'm like, are we doing this? Are we doing this? Wait, are we doing this again? Like, I mean, I can't follow you. So we've had to learn how to bring both of those together and figure out how to, how to communicate. Um, yeah. and, and, and so I was thinking about this, and I was like, okay, God, give me a great story in the Bible about miscommunication. And, and so he took me to Joshua chapter 22. Like, we're going Old Testament here today, okay? And it's this little story that most of you would just skip over. But, um, so, but basically what happens is the Israelites, have, they're getting into the promised land, and there's one tribe that God has determined, hey, you're going to get land on the other side of the Jordan River. And, and this is where it picks up. I'm just going to read this to you. I'm not going to read the whole story to you because it's so long. But in verse 9, it says, So the Reubenites and the Gittites and the half-tribe of Manasseh left the Israelites at Shiloh in Canaan, in Canaan to return to Gilead, their own land, which they had required, uh, acquired in accordance with the command of the Lord through Moses. And so the Israelites are on one side of the Jordan. These other tribes are living on this side of the Jordan. When they came to Gilead near the Jordan in the land of Canaan, the, uh, the Reubenites and the Gittites and the half-tribe of Manasseh built an imposing altar there by the Jordan. And when the Israelites on the other side heard that they had built the altar on the border of Canaan, um, the, the whole assembly of Israel gathered, and they're like, we got to go to war against them because they're not supposed to build an altar over there on that side of the river. We're only supposed to build a temple here where we're going to worship the Lord. They can't build an altar over there where they're going to sacrifice and all these other things. And so they're getting ready to go to war. And this is what happens in a marriage sometimes. This is what happens in a relationship. Like, you don't get the full story, and you're like so mad. Can you believe that they're doing that? Can you believe that she didn't get the memo today? Can you believe that he is, is like, that action, that's crazy. And you're going, you're getting ready to go to war, but what you need to do is just calm down and have a conversation. And, and, and so it, the story goes on that they go over there. And it says, the whole assembly of the Lord said, how could you break the, um, uh, the faith with God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against him now? And then in verse 29 over here, it says, they, they answer back, well, far be it from us to rebel against the Lord and turn away from him today by building an altar for burnt offerings. Um, this is an altar of the Lord that just stands to be a memorial. All they were wanting to do is they built an altar so they could remember, their kids could remember what happened. And then it says, when the priests heard this and the leaders of the community heard this, the heads of the clans of the Israelites heard what Reuben had to say and they were pleased. Hey, so so many times you're getting ready to go to war because of a miscommunication in your marriage. Um, and then when you just sit down and hear the story, you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, why was I even mad about that? Like, I just didn't hear the whole story. So, how's that play out in our marriage? Well, I mean, I think when, when I was thinking about communication, when you hear communication, I just think about, uh, like, logistics. I tell you this, you tell me this. But I, the more I begin to think about it, I begin to say, you know, communication really reflects what's in your heart. That's you right. know, and if you, um, like, the way you say something, if you don't say something, the tone you say it in, it's all a reflection of what's in your heart. So, to be a better communicator in a relationship, you have to start with you, you know, and, and really so figuring out, you know, what's going on there. And I think, you know, to excel at communication, it's, it's once again, valuing the relationship above individual preference. Do I want to go hide away in a hole when I get frustrated and stressed out? Yes. But it's not good for my marriage to do that all the time. You know, it, you know, also on the flip side with Josh, like, you know, he has natural inclinations, but that he has to go, is this, is this the best way to communicate this? Just when you were a kid and you wanted something, but you had to find your mom at the right, like, time to, like, you were learning then how to, like, you know, manipulate communication. Well, this way, not to manipulate it, but to, you know, use it in a way that is bringing value to your relationship. And not that you're not having those hard conversations, but 
what I appreciate when Josh does it, if, if he gives me a heads up that we're going to have a hard conversation, that is going to be good. Because if he blindsides me, yeah. there's nothing do that's that. going to put Don't my defenses that. up quicker than him attacking me. Yeah. Um, and and then it's going to get bad. And we've learned that. You know, I mean, just the other day he said something out of the blue and I was like, what? You know, um, so just being mindful of those things in your communication. Yeah, and, and we're just going to go over a little bit in this one because this is so, um, this is such an amazing point. A couple of things that will help you too is you need to learn to be able to say to your spouse, I'm not an x-ray machine. Uh, you know, so many times, like in relationships, well, you should just know me, so. Well, I've been with her for almost 16 years, and there's still things that I don't know. Because I'm having to learn them. Because here's the thing. People change in time, right? Like, you're not the same person that you were 16 years ago. Praise God, some of you, right? And you have changed. And so you're actually changing every day into a new person. And, and, and so that's why you've got to be a student of your spouse. But then you've also got to be like, I'm not an x-ray machine. I will not know what's on your heart unless you tell me. Unless you tell me, unless you communicate. And then here's the other thing. This will help you too. When you get into those times where it's like, okay, I feel the heat coming. Don't say when you do this. Say, hey, I, I want to talk about how um, this makes me feel. Okay? Like this is how this makes me feel. You're, you're not being a, a, accusatory. When I come in, I'm like, well, I can't believe that you did this. Well, then she's like, well, I can't believe that you did this. But when I come in and I go, hey, this is how this made me feel. Feel. then it's not accusatory and then communicate like pick a good time to communicate and don't be distracted put away the cell phone when you really need to communicate when you really need to talk about something important don't be on instagram don't be on twitter don't be checking your email be turn, turn fully, off the tv yeah turn, turn off, off the, the music, tv everything. be fully present and be intentional with the way that you communicate right which leads us into um, our, our final challenge that we're going to talk about, which is intentionality. And sometimes in our marriage, we've just had a lack of intentionality, which is really funny because my favorite saying, like if you hang out with any of my staff or, or any, anybody that really knows me, one of my favorite sayings is that intentionality breeds momentum. So the more intentional I am with running, the more momentum I'll see in my physical health. The more intentional I am with eating healthy, the more health I will see with my, with my health, right? And so, and so the, the more intentional you are, the more momentum you'll see. But sometimes, Ashley and I were talking about that, and, and what happens? Well, I mean, I think we are both, and you may be very intentional individually. We are both individually intentional about things. Like, you know, we wouldn't have gotten to where we are in life without being intentional. Josh is very intentional when it comes to the church and planning for the church. Like, you know, I in very used to be very intentional again, but with, like, my health and, and working out and stuff like that. And you and, sure. Yeah, and, and, you know, school and things like that. Um, but we haven't done that well together. And once again, it's because when you bring two people together, you have to work that much harder, you know, to get on the same page. And yeah. we kind of come from it from different angles. We were talking about, like, why haven't we, why has this been a struggle? And um, I think, you know, from Josh's perspective, he's a more live-in-the-moment kind of person and doesn't really stress out about things. And so he's like, it'll be fine. Yeah, you know, we can go to Disney World, and she'll have a whole entire itinerary planned out, and, and she's like, look at what we're going to do, and then we're going to ride this ride, and this ride, and this ride, and I'm like, yo, hold on, woman, like, come on, no, like, let's just chill and go, hey, there's Mickey the Mouse, come on, let's take a picture, right, come on. <laughs> yeah, so he, you know, he's more in the moment, it'll be fine, anytime yeah. he says it will be fine, I'm like, it will not be fine, because we have not thought about it. We have not planned for it. You know, so I am a planner, but I get overwhelmed. And when I get overwhelmed, I avoid. And, and when you avoid things long enough, it catches up with you. So I think both of us come from that perspective that we've been, like, gotten in a lot of situations where, like, uh, we didn't plan well for that. We weren't intentional for, with that. Yeah, so Proverbs 21, verse 5 says this. Um, uh, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. So 
that applies to your friendships, that applies to your relationships. Anybody have that friend that's like really intentional with you? They've actually planned out things. How much do you appreciate that, right? Um, And it's the same way with your spouse. Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. Good planning and hard work, husbands, is the reason why you got your wife, but is good planning and hard work going to be the thing that helps you keep your wife, amen? But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. And so here's the thing. Here's some things that we've learned about being intentional. First of all, date nights. Like if once you're married or if you are married, weekly date nights. Now, here's the thing. With three kids, actually, we don't go out every single Friday night. It's, it's like about every other Friday night or something. We'll actually go to a restaurant. What do we do on those other Friday nights? We try to, you know, at least one night a week set aside that time after the kids go to bed to just be us, you know, no work, no whatever, no phones, um, you know, and try to do that. Because it's not, for us, it's not reasonable to do that once a week. And even if you're newly married and broke like we were when we were newly married, you don't have to, like, do something extravagant. It's yeah. just setting aside that time to where you're going to be intentional about, you know, growing that relationship. Yeah, exactly. One of my friends, they loved baseball. And so instead of going to a baseball game um, because they couldn't afford it when they were newly married, they're like, hey, we're going to still have, we're going to watch the game. And then um, they made hot dogs together um, and they got popcorn and all those other things. And they had a ballpark experience without the ballpark price, right? Um, and, And they had a great time. And so be intentional with your date nights. Hey, be intentional. Like for us, we had to go, um, we've got three kids, and, 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 and we're like, man, we got to figure out how to discipline these kids. And so we, we decided we were going to be intentional with discipline that connects. And so that's why we're teaching this class n- next week. And it's not that we haven't figured it out because we do not, okay? Like, at all, like parents, we're in the fire with you. But we signed up for a class so that we could learn and then teach you guys and then we can all hold each other accountable parents you know and so that's why you should come to that um this coming Saturday I'm telling you because we're getting so much out of it and 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 we need to be a family and community in in, in a community that's intentional about that discipline together um we're we've been intentional with counseling you know and and so that's something that that counseling is not a bad thing counseling is something that will set you free okay and counseling, our counselor doesn't want anything from us. Our counselor wants things for us. See, 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 that's why we're not afraid of going like, oh, we need counseling. We need help, even as pastors. Okay? Because everybody needs that help, right? Yeah, what else helps? you just need an objective mediator to be there and help you figure out, what's, you know, things. But, um, yeah, I was going to say, too, like, I, I think, you know, what Satan wants you to do is feel guilt and shame about not having been intentional in so things. Good. And I think for us, especially in parenting, you know, planning this church and um, just going through this last four years has been really hard and really challenging. And we kind of fell down on a few things, which now we're like, uh, we need to go back and figure that out. But instead, you know, when every time I am like, oh, man, I'm such a bad mom because we didn't, like, talk about this before and now we're dealing with it. Um, God is just so, he's so gracious. Like he can do in a snap of a finger, like it takes us years to undo. And so I think when you surrender those areas to God, he can really redeem those um, in a way that is just far above your expectations. But two things that have kind of helped us in being intentional, helped me especially because I am like, when I get overwhelmed, I just want to like turn the other way and not deal with it. Um, It's just having an overall, like Josh talked about before, mission or goal, like what is my end goal in parenting? It's for Landry, Brooks, and Mabry to love God and pursue him. You know, is it for them to always say please and thank you? Yeah, that would be great. You know, is it for them to never throw a tantrum? You know, it's not the behavioral things. It's that they love God. And so Mm, when we have that overall mission, it helps us make those day-to-day decisions a little easier. It's this decision you know, pointing us to our, this mission? Is it getting us closer to this goal or is it taking it away from us? And it also makes those hard days worth it because you're like, I, you know, I'm raising these kids for this reason, you know, and it's going to be worth it in the end. And so um, that's good. And then also just finding kind of mentors or people that are a few steps ahead of you. Like um, we have some friends we had lunch with last week, actually Pastor Devin, his wife Ashley, and their their kids are a little older than ours, but it was so good to hear them talk about 
you don't have toddlers forever, you know? Like, it was so good to kind of see that light at the end of the tunnel and also to get some advice from them because, like, you don't know what you don't know. Like, you know, if you're newly married and you're struggling with finances, maybe you need to get with a couple that's kind of out of that season that can kind of help direct you and point you to resources and just encourage you and say you're not – this is not forever. This is just a season. Yeah, we always try to have people that are ahead of us like, the, you know, like 10,000 feet ahead of us, and there's like the 3,000 feet ahead of us, like they're just barely ahead of us, and then it's like, hey, we're right in this together, and then we also try to have people that we're pouring into, you know, and that, that's kind of how you should kind of model your life as well, too, and so um, uh, the, the, the last thing that well, we wanted to... Well, you forgot the verse. So the verse oh, yeah. we had for this Sorry, was Proverbs 16, 9, um, and I think it's just a great verse because it's, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I think God wants us to plan our lives, but just like we know, nothing ever goes according to plan. We have to surrender those plans to God, and then he shows us how to, step, to walk so those good. out. So. Yeah, so good, so good. Well, the last thing we want to share is a win with you guys, okay? And this last win is something that I think is one of our favorite things. And, 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 and here's the, the truth. Through all the, the things that we've been through in, in the 16 years we've been married, the reason why that we've been together is because, A, we're committed to one another. But here's the other thing. We enjoy each other. Like, we genuinely try to enjoy each other. Yeah, I said, I was talking last night, we were going through this, and I said, yeah, because there's really no person I would rather hang out with than Josh. And he was like, Really? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I probably should say that more, you know. Um, but yeah, keep that coming. <laughs> Words of affirmation. I need that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but it's true. You know, I think just like we have a team mindset, I do think we do when we, you know, prioritize it, we enjoy each other. And for us in this season, that's a little challenging, but it's a good reminder to me to one, to say, it's okay to have fun. You're allowed to have fun. And then two, we have to plan for it because um, I, I have a hard time just relaxing and day to day because there's so much going on. I'm just like, you know, generally a more uptight person, I guess. And so like, it's just hard for me to relax in the day to day. So we have to plan to get away, to go out, to get away from those stressful environments um, so we can actually enjoy each other. Because it's really not fair to Josh if he's only getting uptight, stressed out Ashley all the time, and we're not making a point to be like, okay, no, we need to prioritize our relationship, and having fun is, is part of yeah, that. Yeah, and that's why I say I love vacation, Ashley, as well, too. Um, and uh, because, like, it really is, I mean, it's just so good, but you have to plan those things. Um, and so, like, for us, when our 10-year anniversary came up, we went to California, and it was just so refreshing um, to be able to just go out there for, like, seven days and just really uh, just enjoy each other. Um, and also, like, um, you know, one of the things that she did last year, she just, you don't have to, like, go to California for this. All right, married couples, listen to me. You don't have to go away. Sometimes you can do it like in your city. Like, like, like last year, she was like, hey, we, um, I got this Groupon deal. We're going to stay at this really nice hotel, downtown Nashville. And we went and we went out and we had fun. And it was absolutely amazing. And, and we had fun enjoying each other with conversation, enjoying conversation, um, uh, you know, after that. Um, sexually, it was great, too. Come on. Um, all those things. I, hey, sex is a great thing in the context of marriage, okay? You got to enjoy each other there, all right? I mean, come on. You can clap for that it's great you know well, um, it's, I mean it's, Josh always said he wanted to live in the gulch so we lived in the gulch for one yeah, day exactly. last year and it, it was, was great. Awesome. but and, and hey let me tell you something with that too okay like hey spouses in here like wives um just like you want your husband to to plan stuff for you like plan stuff for them uh when it comes to like enjoying that you know what I'm saying like like, like be intentional about it because sometimes you're just like oh I'm just gonna put on sweatpants and he's gonna like this no like uh, yes he will no matter what you know he's a guy but <laughs> but at the end of the day but at the end of the day like be intentional about it sometimes too just like you want him to be intentional with you be intentional about that as well too like enjoy each other Proverbs chapter 5 verse 18 it says this let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let your husband be a fountain of blessing. Like, Ashley should be a fountain of blessing. Hey, let me just say this. If you don't enjoy your person that you're dating, 
like you just enjoy them physically, but you don't enjoy them as a person, do not get married. Because, you know, as fine as my wife is, as fine as I am, you know, I mean, I'm just like, you got to get off me, babe. Come on. Um, But that's going to fade. But the friendship, it will not. The enjoying each other. Like, that's one of the things that I genuinely respect about Ashley's parents. Like, I love the the fact that when I'm around them, like, I think they genuinely enjoy each other. And that's why they've had just such a long marriage. And I I look up to them in a lot of ways. Um, And and because I think they still do things together that that, that it's just just fun. And I I just enjoy them. And so thank you for modeling that. I know they're here today as well. I mean, and I... One of the reasons we selected that verse is because, like, it's a good reminder to me, like, God wants us to prioritize fun. And I think, you know, wife of your youth, he's saying, like, when you first get married, that type of fun, you know. And so I think it's harder to do that as you get older and life happens, but it's important. And, um, and I think it's something that we, you know, might for me be like, oh, it's a, it is not a big deal. But now we're prioritizing it more. And I think it, it makes a big difference. In all yeah, areas. and even like um, enjoy each other with the friends that you have together. So, so, like, one of the things that I did for her for Valentine's Day is, yeah, I got her the flowers and, you know, the candy. I, I got you flowers. I did, too. I got you those tulips, remember? Those are from the boys and me as well. And then we got you, yeah, yeah, like, you got some flowers, babe, okay? Um, and the candy box and all that stuff and, uh, you know, but anyways, here's the deal. But then I was like, but then I was like hey, I'm also going to fly your best friend up from Tampa, one of her best friends up from Tampa. Um, and that's not for me. That's just because I know she's going to enjoy that. You know, I know she's going to. Also en- because he's leaving me for 11 days. Okay. Yes, I am. I'm going <laughs> I'm to Ireland kidding. on a mission trip. It's going to be great. Um, but I, I just wanted to do that because I know that she enjoys spending time with one of her best friends. You know, and so, hey, so don't just do it for your enjoyment. Do something for your spouse that's going to be for their enjoyment. You know, really try to practice that. Um, and, and watch how much closer you get in your marriage. And so here's the, the last thing that we wanted to, to leave you with today. I hope some of this stuff has helped you. I really do. Um, and thank you, Ashley, just for sharing and just who you are. And I, 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 but here's the thing that I want you to do. At the end of the day, the number one thing that gets us through all the highs and gets us through all the lows is we try to live out a Christ-centered marriage. Like, and we're not perfect in it, and we fail in it, and we forgive fast. Can I tell you, you, ha- you need to have a mentality of forgiving fast. Not holding on to things and to words and to sayings and, and to actions. Because there's going to be a lot of actions and a lot of words and a lot of things that come out of your mouth that you don't really mean to your spouse or to your future spouse. But the number one thing that you need if you're going to make it through a marriage is being Christ-centered. It's really trying to go, what is God trying to teach me? Because a marriage is not in a relationship, but a marriage especially is not about making you happy. It's a saying that we've heard over and over and over. It's about making you holy. It's about the refinement that Ashley brings out in me and the refinement that I bring out in her and us chasing after Jesus as fast as we can. So if you're dating in here, I've heard this said, and I'll just say this again. I think one of the most smartest things that you could do in a dating relationship to set you up for success is find somebody. You just run after Jesus as fast as you can. Somebody else is running after Jesus as fast as they can. And then you're both running the race, and you look over at some, each other at one point and just go, hey, let's do this thing together. Let's just run this race together. And I, and I really think that that will help you. And that's what we tried to do. She was running after Jesus when I met her. I was running after Jesus when we met. And then we just said, hey, let's try to do this thing together. And are we perfect in it? Lord, no. But there's grace and there's mercy and there's forgiveness. And so we just want to to end by saying a prayer over you. And so if you don't mind, um, would you just bow your heads? Worship team is going to come back up here. God, I just thank you 
for this time that we've had today just to, to help build some marriages, to help build some future marriages, to help build some friendships, to help build future relationships, those that are even in dating relationships. And God, I pray that there would be a couple things, one thing, three things, a hundred things, whatever it is, God, that, that people could take and apply and that their feet could move towards some action today. Lord, I pray that some marriages, maybe they were even on the rocks, Lord, that they would be strengthened right now in this time. I pray that they would walk out with some hope. I pray that even people that will listen to this podcast later, that they will walk away with some hope for their relationship or their future relationship. And God, I pray most of all that you would move. Lord, I pray that you would help us communicate. Lord, I pray that you would help us be intentional. Lord, I pray that you would help spouses enjoy each other again. Lord, I pray that you would just help them breathe. Lord, I pray for forgiveness. I pray for mercy. And so if you are in a relationship, if you're in a marriage, if you're in an engagement, if you even just want to be in a relationship, don't don't chase, if you're single, don't chase the relationship. Chase becoming a person worthy of having a relationship. Let me say that again. Don't chase a relationship. Chase becoming a person worthy of being married. But our prayer team is going to be up here. And we're going to sing this song that I love. It says, Jesus, you are my hope. And it just shouts that over and over again. And that's what I want for every marriage. That's what I want for every person that wants a healthy relationship, friendship, whatever that is, a dating relationship. And so if, if you are a married couple in here and you need strength in your marriage, hey, we're all going to stand. And, 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 and don't be the couple that's like, oh, man, I'm too, I've got too much pride to come up here and get prayer. I got too much pride to come up here and, and then go to counseling tomorrow. I, I've got too much pride. No, come up here. Let us pray over your marriage because we want to strengthen your marriage. We want to bring you hope in your marriage today. Or maybe you're in an engagement or maybe, again, it's a dating relationship or whatever it is. Or you, you're just single and, and, and you're like, hey, I, I want to be in that relationship. I want to be married. And let us pray over you that you would have strength. Whatever it is. Just come up here during this time. Respond to what God just downloaded into you and deposited into your heart. There's a lot of hurt that's been caused by relationships. Maybe you just need to go, hey, I need to come up here and get some prayer because I need some healing to happen in my heart. I, we need some healing in this marriage because there is an issue, infidelity, abuse, whatever that is. Or maybe everything is seemingly great in your marriage, but you've got a big decision to make in your marriage. You've, you've got a big decision whether you're going to marry someone or whether you're going to let that person go. Or, or you, you, you've got a, a, a big decision, whatever that is. God, I pray that you would move as we respond. That you would move as we respond. Would you stand? Would you stand to your feet as we begin this song? Would you